recording. <clears throat> Alright, I'm good. RB, let's get crazy. Hello, my friends. Brett Patterson coming at you from the financial capital of the West Salt Lake City, Utah. On a beautiful last week of February. Joined by the chairman, the big fella, Brian Hunsaker. Brett. How are we doing? Oh, brother, I'm doing good. I've got I've got a great not I've got. We've got a great topic for our friends listening today. And it's about our friends getting absolutely screwed by the market. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> or are they? That's the question. In the rise of the GameStop situation and Go back to Flash Boys by Michael. I think it was Michael Lewis, right? I who wrote so. that Flash Boys. There's a notion out there that individual investors are at such a disadvantage, more so than ever before. Brian, they turn on their computer, they try to make a trade, and they're getting whacked on the side of the head. That's how bad the disadvantage is right now. It's the big guy versus the little guy. Big guy versus the little guy. David, David and Goliath. Or is it? Or is it? Our belief, and this is what we're going to talk about today, is that you, the individual investor working at home, living at home, wherever you're at right now listening, you have more advantages now than you've ever had before. That the big guy might still have some advantages, but no more than you. It depends what game you're playing, too. Oh, let's talk about this. But before we do, take me back 20, 30 years, Brian. You're the wise one here, <laughs> which is a nice way of saying the old one here. Exactly. <laughs> take us, take, tell us what it was like 20 years, 20, 25, 30 years ago in the industry. 30 years ago when I uh, started in the, or pretty new in the industry, um, it was uh, very different. In fact, if you, if you were to walk in my office, 30 years ago, you would, have, you would have seen a terminal. Yes, we did have computers back then. Uh, but it wasn't like the computers we had today. There was no email. Um, I had a, a computer that had a little green. It was a dark screen, and it just had tickers on it. And, uh, it. and that's basically what we had. There was some basic information. We could get some basic financial information, but it was really dated. It would probably been a year old. And uh, a lot of times when I was doing research on companies back then, I would call the company up, not email, call them up, couldn't download, there was nothing to download, and ask for an investor packet. And they would send me an annual report. At, at <laughs> in the, the mail. In the mail, a 10Q. I get this two or three inch packet with information about this company, a 10Q, a 10K, an annual report. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's what it was like. I mean, it's, it's so different today. The lag time of information getting it to you was just... It, incredible at least a week probably 10 days to two weeks before i got that information and depending upon when the quarter ended it, it could probably uh, it was already dated well everything that we everything back then was dated for sure what about commissions and all that kind of stuff the clients would pay yeah commissions uh back then and were uh, anywhere between one to three percent on it per transaction so on a hundred thousand dollar purchase you might pay Two or three thousand dollars in commissions. Now, generally, the higher the amount, the the lower the commission. So, probably on a hundred thousand dollar transaction, you might pay a thousand dollars. 
But for somebody that was, say, buying $10,000 of a stock, you might pay $250, $300 just to buy that stock one time. And then if you sold it a few months later or even a year or a couple of years later, again, another $250, $300 to sell that, that stock. So different today. We, there's so many advantages today versus 10 or 20, even 30 years ago. Did you feel like back then that the patience of investors was greater than it is now because of those commissions and those costs and the information delay? Or did people still buy and sell quickly? I mean, there there was some of that. There were still people that were buying and selling. Okay. But I would say it's definitely more prevalent today, the, tr- the trading atmosphere. And I think it's not it's not just because commissions are zero today. Uh, essentially, they're zero across the board. It costs you zero to buy or sell a stock. But uh, the conversation on investing, about investing, is, you know, are you trading this market? You're getting in, you're getting out. I mean, that's really the way people think about investing today. And it's so different than the, the way I was taught. And, and part of the reason for that, Brian, was the rise of the hedge fund, mm-hmm. which is talked about in Flash Boys and so many other books. The hedge fund came around uh, in the last 30 years and has become very, very popular. And tell us what a hedge fund is. What's, like, what's the word hedge mean on a fund, and why is it different than, say, just buying the S&P 500? So a hedge fund, their, their objective is to reduce volatility in the portfolio, reduce risk. So it's it's really the in in theory it's the best of all worlds. You get the upside, get the growth without the downside. And of course everybody loves that that idea of being able to grow their portfolio but eliminating the downside risk. But there's a cost to that to that to that insurance basically that eliminating that downside risk and it, and in fact the cost is at least historically is hedge funds in general, and there's some really good hedge funds out there that do incredibly well. So I'm, it, I'm not, I don't want to uh, lump them all, lump in them all, yeah. all into one. Yeah. But as is a general rule, hedge funds significantly outperform the S&P 500, the markets in general. And it's very simple to understand why. They're hedged. Right. And the market goes up in a given year 75% of the time. Last year, if you were if you were hedged, <laughs> oh, yeah. and uh, hey, the hedge would have looked great for the first, uh, especially in March. But uh, coming out of March, um, you would have given up a lot of that upside. So, hedge funds and the rise of hedge funds and the marketing around them, and then the individual investor trying to mimic a hedge fund, which is to get all fancy and trying to time the market and put hedges on and buy this stock for a week and sell this stock. And in Flash Boys, it even talks about hedge funds taking advantage of of pennies on any given order, right? So hedge funds and the fanciness of them, I'll use that that word, uh, have, have really done a disservice to the individual investor. And here, here's, here's why. You said it there for a second. The individual investor has such a great advantage today in terms of zero commissions. You can compare that to when 30 years ago. Oh, yeah. Man, they have more information. That, in fact, it's information overload for many people. There's all sorts of services you could subscribe to, some of which 
stink and they shouldn't. Some are great and provide great information. So as far as the advantages for individual investors, they're great. But, or how, Brian, do individual investors, they, they're causing their own damage. How? Meaning they're causing the disservice to themselves. Well, they're, they're playing the wrong game, in my opinion. And they're trying to compete against these billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar hedge funds where they have uh, computer – you know, they give – they have uh, PhDs, really, really smart people, some of them, and uh, lots of information. They, they can get information on – trading information instantaneously and uh, take advantage of that. And, and you talked about pennies. That, that, that's, what, that's what they're doing, even fractions of a penny. They're trading and trying to make on huge volumes, which as an individual investor, you can't, you can't do that. You, you can't compete with those, those, uh, those hedge funds that are doing that. So in my opinion, individual investors that are trying to do that, trying to c compete on that playing field, are going to lose. That's the disadvantage that investors have today. Right. They have all the advantages. We're going to talk about the biggest advantage that individual investors have if they'll actually understand it and do it. But – the disadvantages themselves. We live in a world that's instant gratification. People don't want to wait for anything. You get, I mean, Amazon, you order something. If it's, if it comes in three days, you're ticked. I, know. I want it in two days. Where's my one day? Yeah. I just ordered a birthday gift for, gift for my boy on uh, MLB.com. It is Wednesday right now. It's coming next Friday. And I'm thinking, that's that's terrible. That's slow. Yeah, that is slow. We, we're used to instant gratification for information, for trades. And for a lot of people, it's making money. At least they think. Right. Which is a complete disadvantage. Making money is uh, like, in my opinion, it's like watching grass grow. You know, you you look at it every every minute and you don't see it grow. But then you you turn away for a week and... All of a sudden, you say, wow, my grass has really grown for <laughs> two weeks. And, and that's the way yep. you just in, investing and making money in, in markets is a, is a game of patience. Yep. That, and that's the greatest, the greatest advantage that individual investors have is understanding the data I'm about to say. Because all everything is just a probability. It's a game of probabilities. So, Brian, this is. From 1926 to 2020, any rolling, or excuse me, any one-year period, the market is up 75.47% of the time in one-year period. It's pretty good. In any three-year rolling period in that time frame I mentioned, the market is up 84% of the time. Gets better. Five-year, 88. Ten-year, 94 15-year, 99.69% of the time, and 20 years, 100% of the time, looking back historically. So if I said, looking back historically, you have a 100% probability, and this is historical, so everybody take that into context. You have a 100% probability of making money if you just don't do anything with it. Right. <laughs> I, I like those odds. Who doesn't like those odds? Right. That's how you compound your wealth. Here's another example. You take $100,000, you contribute $100 a month, so $1,200 a year, over 25 years at a 10% rate, 
of growth, you turn that money to $1.2 million. What's not to like? The, but here's the problem. People can't do it. Why? It comes down to patience. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, we talk to clients and we the conversation a lot of times is, should we get out of the market, you know, elections coming up or – Taxes are going to go higher, inflation, interest rates are going higher, inflation, and that's going to be that's going to hurt the market. And and I'd say, yeah, but if, if you know that ten years from now, it's probable, not guaranteed, but very probable. Ninety four point four two percent historically, ninety four point two percent of the time, the markets you're going to make money. Why would you sell? today even though you know that you're going to make money over the next 10 years i I and i people are thinking about that and think well yeah but i'll avoid the downside i'll get back in the market when it goes after it goes down i'll get back in i mean that's that's their logic i i get it but that's hard that's really difficult to do and be and really time that right i tried it (laughs) we've all tried for the first three four five years of my of my career in this industry, I tied, tried timing the market and individual stocks. And then I sat back and I said, okay, if I would have bought the SPY, which is the S&P 500 fund, would I have made more money than what I just did? And that was back when commissions were, you know, whatever, a buck a contract on options. Yeah. Factoring in taxes and the commissions, I don't even think I made half of what the S&P 500 did. Yeah. It doesn't work. Patience. The biggest advantage that individual investors have is understanding the probabilities that we just talked about. That's it. And, I, and I'm a broken record because I always come back to the point that we are business owners. We own businesses. And if you can forget about how easy it is to trade and it's, so, it's commission-free and it doesn't cost you, but think about I'm going to own this business over the next decade, maybe two decades and um, and are you and when you think about that, you think about your portfolio of companies and say, "Am I comfortable with that? If the market were to shut down tomorrow for ten years, I want you, I want everybody to think about what companies in your portfolio would you not be comfortable owning? And if you're not, then sell them. I love <laughs> that question. R- repeat that for me because th- that is like a print, Katie. Get this printed on the wall. <laughs> this is beautiful. Say that again. So the ten-year part, right? Yeah. <laughs> if the market were to shut down tomorrow, meaning you couldn't sell any of the stocks or the businesses you own, and you asked yourself the question, "If I knew that it was going to do it tomorrow, what would I sell today that I would wouldn't want to own over the next ten years? I would be uncomfortable owning." And if there's any any portfolios, any companies in your portfolio you don't feel comfortable owning over the next ten years. Because you couldn't sell them, then maybe you should sell them. But otherwise, w- just hang on. I mean, that's that's and that's why I think we've done s- that. Attitude has has helped us create, you know, create wealth and not you know for our customers. And we, oh, oh yeah, yeah. And it's the the again the greatest advantage that individual investors have is exactly what you just said. It's these probabilities that we mentioned, and it's what you just said. That's why you're the chairman, Brian. <laughs> Love it. 
I love it. So folks at home listening, understand never before has the opportunity been better for you to invest. And the advantage is as great as it's ever been. 100% agree. Don't get caught up into this you're at a disadvantage nonsense. And don't get caught up into the trading and the timing and all that kind of stuff. Because activity doesn't dictate success and that's proven in the numbers yeah i mean the disadvantages are there if you're playing the wrong game if you're if you're playing if you're playing the trading game uh there's some real disadvantages and you are at a disadvantage to some of these big hedge funds but if you're playing the game the the game that everybody can win at if they just follow some simple principles own great businesses pay reasonable prices good management, and be patient. Be patient. Be patient. And if you want a little bit of fertilizer for your grass, you sprinkle on a little bit of good, good option trade. There you go. It's a good, good, <laughs> good formula. <laughs> little pepper. little pepper <laughs> on that grass. I like it. All right, my friends. Hope you learned something today. Until next time. Bye-bye.